the Unexplored Territory podcast. Long-term VMware veteran Jed Elzine joins us to talk about the future method of managing multi-cloud workloads. Welcome to the show, Jed. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Frank. Duncan, happy to be here. So, Jed, I've been checking your LinkedIn and I saw that you've been at VMware for almost 13 years. Can you tell us something about the highlights of your VMware career and what you do on a day-to-day basis? Well, yeah, it's, uh, gosh, it was 12 years this December, so about 12 and a half years on my way to 13 for sure, and hopefully more. It's been it's been a heck of a ride, I got to say. You know, coming in as an SE, uh, very focused in, in the U.S. Fed sector, you know, loving cloud management so much early on, starting up the early SME teams called the set, and then moving in there, moving into the cloud management BUs. Um, it's been it's been a heck of a roller coaster, uh, very fulfilling. But also, you know, it's a unique perspective on where we were that you guys could also certainly share. Um, where we were, where we are, um, what we've accomplished. You know, it's it's been pretty great, pretty great. You know, I'm still loving what I do and, and very excited about it. But yeah, in those 12 years, uh, you know, I've I've grown much closer into the business operations and into what we lay out for technology, specifically around cloud management. Um, pros for that get me a lot closer into our executing our vision. The cons, you know, I don't get to um, I don't get to play with the broader portfolio as much as I like to uh, and used to. But these days, as technology director in the uh, cloud management. Uh, office of CTO, a couple of different hats I wear. One of the new challenges in my career has been learning to manage people uh, or lead people. And um, and with that, I have a, a team of uh, nine engineers, predominantly machine learning engineers, uh, but also a couple of front-end UX engineers who all can just sweep me under the rug any day. And it's really exciting to to be able to help lead them and build their careers. But the other hat is the hat that I've grown into, which is the technologist. It's helping execute our vision or define and execute our vision and allows me to, to do a lot of what you guys do, work on the really great emerging technologies and then go out there and, and uh, advocate and evangelize for those, tech, those technologies. So it's been, it's been great, very fulfilling. Can't imagine uh, loving anything more, but you know, I guess we could always say that. I think one thing that stood out to me over the past couple of years working with you is that you've always been you know, very enthusiastic about the technology that you were working on. And that's also something that stood out when we invited you to the show because we asked you, what do you want to talk about? And there was one project that you were very excited about, Project Ensemble. So maybe you can give a basic overview of what it is, but more importantly, why you are so excited about this particular project. <laughs> yes, so Ensemble, I mean, we can just go ahead and put it out there. I don't think anyone would disagree. 
it's a very overdue federation of the rest of the work we do, right? And why I'm so excited about it, and I'll, I'll dig a little bit more, but why I'm so excited about it is it's, it's something that I've advocated for for years, right? Being a cloud management specialist and then coming into the cloud management BU, it's always been one of those things that I felt was a, a significant experience gap in in the individual you know vRealize stack right i'm i'm incredibly passionate about the domain specific tools uh vRealize automation operations network insight cloud health secure state i mean the portfolio is spectacular but but what's missing has always been being able to consume all of the very rich and vast amounts of data that each of one of those domains siloed specialist products provide. So Ensemble is the answer to that. Ensemble is is really designed to to bring all of those, you know, the, the, those domain leaders together, federate everything that is available to those individual products and allow common consumption, common automation, common federation of, of all of that data together. And um, you know, we've had several attempts at, at, there are several different variations of this in the past, like a stitched together UI under a CMP umbrella and those types of things. But that's not what this is. And that's why I'm so excited about it. This is a, a ground up brand new build of a platform built for massive cloud scale uh, and aligned with kind of the vision we've set forward. So yeah, it's, it's really exciting, very challenging. And that's where you, where you see the enthusiasm come from. So you, you, you mentioned something about federation and also the fact that vRealize is not a single product, but a portfolio of products. And so what we see is that although it's a portfolio of many different products built by the same company, one of the challenges is that they're not sharing the same language. So that's something that I believe you've heard that from many customers doing the time you work for your BU, right? We've heard that as well, and we're not even working for your BU. <laughs> so is this something that Ensemble will solve somehow? Yes, so that's, that's essentially one of, one of the core principles of Ensemble is federation of data. And, and let's just be, be very clear. Um, what you're saying is absolutely right, and the feedback is louder than we can hear it. Vrealize Automation, for example, has a concept, uh, has an application concept or application construct, whether it's a deployment or a single VM or any combination that's defined by a blueprint or post management, whatever. You, of course, you've got your native cloud platforms that have all of their own constructs. You have VROps that has business applications and it's got service discovery and, and it has a topology view. You've got Network Insight that leverages FBAT or flow-based application discovery to build um, you know, NetFlow-based application topologies and understand relationships between tiers and, and so on. And it does a tremendous amount of job, pre- and post-processing, lots of ML, lots of great analysis. Um, and each of these individual tools also have the entity itself, the VMs that come together to build an application. The, the problem is that in any one tool, it's designed for a specific persona. And as you know, we've, we've gone through this whole persona cycle where ops is for this, you know, this ops admin persona. VRA is for the cloud admin or the cloud architect. Uh, Network Insight is for NetOps and, 
and SecOps. And, you know, it's these personas uh, are what we built these tools for. And therefore, we built around the needs of that individual customer. But never did we say, hey, I have one object that I want to be managed or viewed or consumed or life-cycled by every persona. And that's kind of what helped us get here, right? So we have this data that is all uniquely identified across all of these tools. One VM could have eight different UIDs across the stack, right? And so one of the challenges of bringing this together is, first of all, I need to universally address these entities. And to do that, we need to first collect what everybody sees, every tool sees. We need to bring that in, manage it, or maintain it centrally. Then we need to you know, combine every tag, every lifecycle state, every, every known state by those individual products. And we have to name that, ident- that entity in a way that is universal. And we leverage VMware's VRN capability, the the, um, the naming convention that is universal. And Ensemble leverages VRNs to create a universal ID for every managed entity. So we essentially collect from everybody. Then we identify the common, that, that this one entity is, is actually these seven or eight different identified entities. We give it a universal name, and now we have a single point of entry to manage that entity or those entities or those applications or those tags, metadata, et cetera, the whole, the whole thing. And to do that requires massive amounts of effort, right? Collection, aggregation, uh, labeling, uh, and as you'd expect, to store all of that inventory, you'd need massive amounts of data store storage and capability. And, and we leverage a technology called the Entity Data Store, um, which, is, which is a capability that we pulled out of uh, our own secure state uh, product line. Uh, which is now being adopted in a much broader way through cloud health and others. So um, we've learned a lot, but the most important part of everything I just said is that we did it right, right? We're not trying to create abstraction over abstraction and figure it out later, right? We're, We're trying to say all of these entities is this one pointer, and that one pointer will now translate accordingly via Ensemble, to all the appropriate products with bi-directional data flows. So it's, it's, that's been the, the hardest part of all of this. A, a year and a half into development, we're still largely still focused on scaling and building out that core central CMDB or the entity data store. I've, I feel like I've drifted from your original question, but that's, that's really the, uh, the, the, you know, the core of the product and how we accomplish what we're doing. Yeah, that's interesting. And you mentioned UUID a couple of times, and I think most of the geeks and nerds amongst us have been looking at those UUIDs in terms of vCenter server. Uh, But you're also talking about those UUIDs for other types of objects. So now that you're making those changes in this platform, do you foresee those changes also being used by other platforms? So would we see something like, you know, a common UUID across vCenter servers or something like that, or a unique UUID, not common? Yeah, so so the answer is yes, hopefully, right? Um, but if we start talking about Ensemble's position as a multi-cloud manager, we're talking about maintaining a central repo of UIDs for every entity across every cloud and every single object we collect. Now, an object is a VM, but it's also storage. It's also um, an application, right? And it's also a tier. It's, it's also a person. 
So, you know, when we had to figure out how we would be able to, to do this in a timely manner, hitting up every single one of our individual products, VRA team, VR ops team, et cetera, while, while we have established roadmaps for all of those individual products and then coming in and saying, hey, wait, everything has to now fall under this umbrella. I mean, it would have been 2040 before we're delivering anything fun. So the way we had to approach this is that everything gets ingested into Ensemble, gets stored into the entity data store with very regular updates, obviously. And only Ensemble maintains that, that true identity. Now, as the rest of the Virilize stack um, now has a new roadmap to align with the Ensemble vision, what Ensemble will do is as changes happen in this front, in this front federation layer, we'll push them back into the products so organically, everything starts looking and feeling the same across the products. And we're going to do that early on with things like topology views. You know, we, we collect a topology from uh, Network Insight, for example, and, uh, and we use FBAD for that. Flow-based application discovery is great, but it's not perfect. Ensemble allows you to go in and do what's called a custom app curation to change the, 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 the topology and the format of that application because only the user ultimately knows the entire scope of the application. And that's important for things like migration and cost and insights and all these other things we want to tie to it. Once that's done, we push it back to FBAT or to Verney in this case and say, hey, this is the updated view of that application and Verney will now learn the new view. That's a, the early example of what this bi-directional data is going to look like. One of the things you mentioned a couple of times already is the scale or the size and the number of entities. You know, can you talk a little bit about what kind of scale we are talking about? Are we talking about thousands of VMs, 10,000s of VMs, hundreds of thousands of VMs, or maybe even more? Yeah, it's funny you should ask. So again, in a multi-cloud world, um, we're, not, we're not out to manage more on-prem VMware, right? We made a pivot uh, a decision pivot early on in, in the development of Ensemble that we need to go big. So as we were uh, building out the architecture and determining all the different pieces that were going to go into this architecture, we had to build for something that is still scalable even in future timeline, right? So something that, that is way ahead of its time. And, um, and go figure, we have a capability right here in VMware Cloud Management uh, called the Entity Data Store. Um, again, as I mentioned earlier, it's from the, the uh, secure state portfolio, um, also being adopted by Cloud Health. Now, if you think of the Cloud Health level of scale, it gives you an idea of why Cloud Health has moved on to, ED, to EDS, Entity Data Store, right? Um, cloud Health manages you know, tens of billions of dollars of AWS and public cloud spend, right? That's public numbers. What we needed to do is say, okay, well, if we're going to look at let's just say top 100 customers, right? And we're going to understand the number of managed entities to expect from those top customers, uh, size-wise top customers. And then every other object that would be considered and stored as an entity, we needed to go big. And it turns out EDS scaled exactly where we needed it to be. And, and then we've also in invested a significant amount of resources into continuing to build out uh, and, and scale out EDS. And so we're talking right now um, upwards of 200 million entities managed in an, in an EDS data store. And we figured that's a good place to start. And, um, and then 
not to mention what we could do with sharding and all this other stuff as a SaaS provider. Uh, EDS is, is definitely going to meet uh, meet the demand for the early stage of this product with that 200 million number. So that's cool stuff. So this brings me to the next question because of multi-cloud and because of the scale and because we're talking about this, this app-centric view, you, I assume you want to control the way this platform is set up as well. Where does this project ensemble live? Who sets this up? So it is a completely white glove in terms of automation, right? And, and again, there's the early vision and where we are today. Um, the early vision aligned Ensemble up with VMware Cloud on X, right? Uh, VMware Cloud customers going into VMware Cloud on AWS uh, and Azure and GCVE, um, uh, Alibaba, uh, IBM, Oracle, et cetera, et cetera. So all the VMware Cloud customers. And the idea was this is you know, zero touch cloud management for those customers. So you, you start a subscription and the entire vRealize stack gets spun up automatically for you. It gets tied into our cloud services portal or CSP and it's just auto configured. We know which clouds you're using, we know which endpoints to configure, et cetera, and it's all federated. So Ensemble is truly a zero touch environment. And to do that, we needed to automate the automator. Um, so leveraging a lot of our own native technologies to spin up vRealize for customers became part of our zero day, right? So leveraging SaltStack, leveraging um, uh, you know, our own SRE tools that run largely on VMware um, to spin up those environments. Now, if you're an existing vRealize cloud customer, that means you've already done some of the work because that automation, you know, you, you've predated that automation. But if you are an existing customer, when we IA to, for public consumption, Ensemble just shows up. It collects all the, the configured entities, configured endpoints, all your clouds, et cetera, and, and then starts doing the Ensemble thing. There is no installing Ensemble. There is no um, setting it up. There, it's designed to be you know, zero-touch, end-to-end configuration. Um, unique to who you are, your identity, your subscriptions, your services that are available to you, and so on. Um, automation is all done in the background. That was another major pillar of ours. Like no, no overhead, no friction. So one thing that you mentioned was the fact that it's running or it's viewing multiple entities. And you mentioned storage as well and applications. So that means that we also have to deal with, or not deal, we have to cater to different personas. And different persona means different user experiences, different requirements. How do you deal with that? How do you provide different application-focused views, infrastructure-focused views? Now, I know that I'm asking you to talk about a UI on a audio-only podcast, but can you try? Yes, absolutely. So first of all, um, we've put a, a lot of great content out there um, to, to give you a little glimpse of what the UI looks like. Live demo coming up at uh, VMware Explorer, um, so, so do look for that. Um, so the way uh, we needed to approach this was, first of all, it has to be modernized. So our UI, while aligned to VMware standards, 
um, is really designed to reflect the scale of the beast. So, so that's one. First of all, we had to design for scale. Second of all, we had to design for these multiple personas. Um, and let's just be real. You know, for for as long as I've been at VMware, when you're when you're at a conference and you ask, okay, who here is the cloud admin or who here is the V admin? It's almost the same hands, right? But when you say who here just cares about application and can't even spell infrastructure, right? Either those those folks don't aren't in our audience because we're talking about infrastructure, or they're looking at a completely different you know, level of visualization that they need to accomplish their tasks, what's important to them. They don't care that a vSphere host is in maintenance mode. They don't care that an AZ is uh, you know, down for whatever reason. They just care that their application and the tiers and the individual components are doing what they're supposed to do. And if not, they have actionable insights into, into all of that. So we had to, so, so that's one. We had to also say, well, now that I've got all of this data consolidated, that means I can skew that UI. I, I could, I could uh, you know, deliver a UI that is unique regardless of where you're coming from. Again, if I have NetOps data and ops data and, and automation data, uh, lifecycle data and deployment data and all of this other stuff, I should, and of course, plugging into Tanzu also, I should be able to give you any view you desire. And that's specifically the, the, the challenge that's ahead of us. So we're employing a lot of different things. First of all, bleeding edge UI, bleeding edge vis visualizations. Anybody who's seen some of our previous uh, generation work with Project Magna or Vrealize AI, those, those visualizations are, you know, were and still are a little bit ahead of their time, but we've even taken that a little bit further. Um, tied to the persona, um, tied to things like RBAC, right? If you're an application owner and all you care about application, when you log in, you have an association with a project. That project has certain access to certain views, and that is how you interact with this cloud, right? Those views could be app-centric, which means I take you to an app-centric view um, by default, and, and all you're looking at is your applications, your application insights, your application metrics. So that's de facto. Then what happens? Um, is we process everything through behavioral analytics. So we have a behavioral engine that says, hey, it looks like you're interested in this app or these insights or these metrics. And over time, your unique experience in Project Ensemble starts to evolve to meet your needs. And one day, you can move an application into another project for decommissioning or whatever. And while yesterday that application was top of mind and, and you know, up front in, in all your views, when you move that over, we'll learn that you are no longer interested in that application and we'll start essentially pushing that down the stack until you actually have no more visibility into that application. Um, things like, uh, I don't want to call them dashboards because we're, we're light years uh, ahead of dashboards now, but just that whole view, what you want to see, how you want to consume it, assuming a UI is where you want to live. And that, that will take us to the next very big exciting part of, of Ensemble is, um, is federated UI means that that UI is consuming a federated API. And an early decision was made that if the UI is going to use that API, everybody should use that API. So we employ GraphQL um, to give you a federated graph or federated UI, or I'm sorry, federated graph. Um, 
and uh, API interface that is completely public. There's nothing obfuscated. There's nothing um, private. Everything we can do with Ensemble, everything Ensemble can do with the backend, a user can do programmatically through the GraphQL API and integrated uh, uh, schema browser, and you could adapt it to any third-party uh, script as well. Yeah, that sounds really cool, especially the fact that you have a federated API, and I think that's probably, although we've spoken about it you know, many, many times before at VMware, I'm not sure it actually has happened, so you're probably one of the first product teams, teams to do that. I'm assuming you've already spoke with customers about that. So what are some of the use cases you're hearing for customers for using that API? And maybe even the UI, right? So when they talk about the different personas and you know the API in this particular case, how do you envision them using it? So, you know, I've been talking to a lot of integrators lately, like system integrators or, you know, our global SIs, big partners, but also customers. And they've been, uh, and not to mention analysts, right? Because they've been pinging us or dinging us, I should say, uh, on this for quite some time now. So we had to get it right. GraphQL, if you have time, if you're watching this, uh, look up GraphQL. It started out of uh, Facebook and open sourced. Uh, and the easiest way to put it is it's meta scale, right? Uh, it's it's just designed to provide just massive amounts of scale and built-in intelligence for consuming programmatically. Now, let me just give you a very basic example. Today, if I'm a full-stack vRealize customer, I've got vRealize operations, automation, network insight, uh, log insight, let's just say cloud health, uh, and also managing apps in Tanzu, uh, vSphere and AWS. I'm full stack, right? I feel like I forgot something there. So let's just say I want to build a report. We're just low-hanging fruit here. I want to build a report, and I want to do it programmatically. So I'm going to have, let's just say those were six, seven products. I'm going to have seven API calls to seven different products using seven different URLs to get the data I'm looking for, not to mention any subsequent data after that first query. Okay, then if I want to, and, and I can pull that and I can compile all that up front. There's a bunch of different ways to do it. Then if I want to do something interesting with that, um, I'm going to have to push, push that out to all of the relative products. So if I'm changing a deployment membership in VRA or, or you know, changing the state of a deployment, but I also want to capture the metrics of that deployment and maybe uh, pull the cost from cloud health to see what my cloud cost is at that time and any you know, be able to forecast any change to that cost and metric and position from VR ops and cloud health. You can see how this is crazy. I could demo that and I will demo that at VMware Explore. Single URL, single API call, single payload to pull all of that from across the entire stack in real time. We've never ever done anything like that before, right? So we federate the data, we federate the API, and, or federate consumption of that data. And whether that's being used through the UI or programmatically, the Ensemble platform allows us to do things that we've never been able to do before. And that was just one very basic low-level example. Now, what that would actually look like is I would query Ensemble. Ensemble's already done this universal uh, identity for the entity I'm looking for. So I have one single um, entity. Then I want to you know, forecast metrics or query metrics, forecast change, look at costs, understand topology, um, look at my NetApps data, look at security, micro segments, whatever it might be. And what would happen is anything that's captured in inventory, things that don't change off often, 
is is available to me locally. So if I'm across the globe and I'm hitting GraphQL API in let's just say US West, right? It's all happening locally through the GraphQL browser. So that whole payload doesn't have to go across the globe a couple of times just to run a query. It's all done locally. So then to pull a real-time metric in that same query, I'm, I have to call ops because we're not going to feed you a used metric or a, an aged metric. Metrics uh, and, and any of that important data is, is accessible in real time. So Ensemble will actually go and query ops and say, hey, here's the UID which you call this other UID, give me those metrics, and then it'll feed that in the, in the response, in the query response. All of that happening in, you know, in real time uh, and, and with like minimal latency compared to what we have to do in REST calls today. That to me is one of the biggest game changers and, and the use cases it opens up with federation um, is, is actually what allows us to go and build the next generation portfolio of, of VRealize. Yeah, that sounds tremendous. So one thing that I want to ask you, because last time when we spoke, you were actually in the Netherlands giving a keynote at the Dutch VMOC, and you were talking about Project Magna, uh, which is VRealize AI, and it sounds a little bit familiar with some of the things that you were talking about. So there are some things that overlap What's happening or what's happened with VRealize AI? Yeah. All right. So, you know, a lot of us on a team really, our, our whole jobs revolved around VRealize AI. And at the beginning of VRealize AI, uh, our world revolved around the SDDC. So storage optimization, storage policy optimization, Duncan was very involved in, as well as uh, initial placement and um uh, you know, initial placement with VRA. Uh, you know, it, it was it was a really exciting, very cutting or bleeding edge, and they were very much SDDC focused use cases, right? So largely leveraging reinforcement learning and so on. the The coolest thing about that whole effort was just being out there and talking about it. I think, I think it was some of the best, the the most enjoyed talks I, I've had, and I, I had some fun with it too. Now, if you think about what's happened since those times, what was that, 2018, 2019, 2019, I'd say, is VMware as a whole has shifted largely into multi-cloud. Not to mention about a year ago where our, our, uh, you know, our CEO was said, you know, public cloud is, is where the vast majority, uh, public cloud including VMware in those public clouds, right, the VMCs of the world, is where we're going to have to focus a lot of our efforts. So vRealize AI, um, you know, has had a lot of resources dedicated to it, et cetera. And then Ensemble was born as part of this other pivot we needed to make. And the reality is uh, Ensemble becomes the natural control plane of vRealize AI. So with all of the IP um, we have around vRealize AI, um, we're basically folded uh, vRealize AI into the backend of Ensemble. So all future ML efforts, regardless of those use cases, will get baked into, uh, you know, are getting merged into Ensemble as the Ensemble ML engine. So that's kind of the, the fate with vRealize AI. Um, nothing, nothing gone to waste, obviously. Huge amount of IP just getting folded in. But, um, but also, as I mentioned, some of the behavioral aspects of, uh, of Ensemble highly leverages some of that work. What we're doing with 
a couple of soon-to-be-announced projects around Tanzu and and uh, cloud-native apps, um, also leveraging Virilize AI core functionality and pipelines. And I had I had one more point. Uh, with Virilize AI, but but anyways, it, you know, whenever we're talking about data transformation or or clustering, you know, a lot of this federation requires deep amount of analytics um, with the, the the data flows coming in from the the various sources and all that. That's all leveraging, you know, a, a lot of uh, core ML work that we're putting into the platform. Yeah, and I guess the other benefit is that instead of just focusing on virtual machine entities, you can now actually start focusing on applications and tying your KPIs to that application, to those services, to that chain of virtual machines or potentially even containers with this solution, right? Absolutely, that's exactly right. Um, and with what Ensemble is doing with the data, we could apply the same ML pipelines to those entities and actually become agnostic um, in, in how we optimize and manage. At the end of the day, it's, the control points are, are common regardless of the cloud provider and regardless of the entity. So we can we can do a lot of really great things. Yeah, I guess in the last 33 minutes or so, it's became obvious that you've always been working with the uh, latest technologies. And you know that technology-wise, there's a lot of unexplored territory. Now, for our listeners, which emerging technologies do you feel would be interesting for them to explore in the upcoming years? Okay, well, I'll keep my VMware hat on uh, in a second. I mean, for, for a little bit longer. Um, you know, automation has always been passion of mine as it is uh, for several of the customers I, I talk to. And, and automation comes in a lot of different shapes and sizes. The, the one thing that I've realized in my career that the more I wanted to automate because of just some really cool use case or really great demo, um, the more upfront work I had to do. So it's kind of like, well, where's the balance of work and then eventual automation? Now, if that's something I'm going to I'm going to work for once and then automate forever. Yeah, you know, it's there. There's tons of value in that. But we're looking at that upfront work piece. What can I do with minimal amount of effort to just make my life a whole lot easier? And one of the very intriguing capabilities um, that we are highly leveraging in, in Ensemble and, uh, and our SRE teams and our future services that will be announced like uh, Project Guardrails, for example. Project Guardrails leverages the federation of data that Ensemble brings and then does something very interesting on top of that. It looks at, it looks like, uh, it looks at code. Let's just call it policy as code or whatever you want to call it, a governance as code, something as code. And it allows the customer to, to set a desired state for any application or any infrastructure. And our project uh, guardrails just goes and enforces that. Now, what I mean by that is I'm just saying, here's my desired state, and then the environment just goes and does it. Now, if you think about security implications there, the scalability, sure, I can do that with certain other technologies today, desired state and enforcement, but we're doing this at at a, at a scale that crosses multi-cloud um, and allows me to very easily get to where we need to be using guardrails. And the underlying technology for that is, is IDEM, I-D-E-M. I'm sure you're familiar with IDEM. IDEM is an open source capability. Came over with our salt stack acquisition. We've, there's been a whole lot of development on top of that. It's used, uh, it is used heavily in, in our own architectures and our own designs. 
but it's also an enabling technology. And item as an open source tool is hugely powerful, but as a as an automation tool with some of the other uh, capabilities like VRA and of course Ensemble as a whole, it changes everything. Uh, I think um, it's you know low touch, high um, high value, and that's really where I feel that a lot of our customers want to be. They're they're not as knee deep as they used to be. They want to get as much done um, and and be able to 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 really wrap their heads around you know multi cloud world and what it actually means with as little effort. Whether that's because they have no other option or because they just don't want to put in the effort. So I've been eyeing Item for quite some time. I still haven't done any like pet projects on top of it, but uh, but it is a hugely powerful technology um, and it's it's out there for for use. Um, just know that VMware will leverage it heavily internally, and and it's out there for for consumption publicly as well. So that's one uh, item. Other things, conversations I've had around uh, API is, hey, why GraphQL? Um, I've been doing REST for my entire career. Why GraphQL? That's a really easy question, and the the first of all, the scalability, the latency, the the use cases I described earlier all just make everything else seem so little, I should say. But uh, get in front of GraphQL. You know, understand what API consumption at massive multi-cloud scale looks like, uh, and then use that for automation and different use cases. Um, so those are those are the two big ones I think for, for consumption and for automation. Oh, you mentioned Project Guardrails. Is that something that well that we were going to announce at VMware Explore? VMware Explore, yes. Yes, it is. Um, so Guardrails actually is born out of VRA. So VRLize Automation um, leverages ITEM, what I just spoke about, to essentially allow you to build policies or leverage an existing policy. Uh, so we have a whole library of policies built in, or templates, we call them to go and enforce stuff across every managed entity that VRA can see. And then eventually, Guardrails becomes a standalone service that uh, that can leverage all of Ensemble, which means your whole world, right? Uh, and what, what that does is, I, I kind of prematurely described it already, and what, what that does is it allows you to build this uh, template as code um, and then apply it to different components. So now that I have this federated view of every entity, every cloud uh, provider, every endpoint, every everything, I can now apply these templates at varying levels, at a project level or an individual level and everything in between, or whole cloud level. So for example, let's say I have a policy that every IAM policy and every AWS um, account has to have some set of settings in there. I could enforce that via guardrails. I can say that project X in, in my app development team is not allowed to have any one instance that costs more than $300 a month. Well, I could now create a guardrail policy that would either enforce or report on that. Those are very basic examples, but I can create a policy to do anything programmatically across every cloud, every entity. So it's a combination of guardrails, which gives me that the template, the, like the templating service, as well as item, which is doing the enforcing, which will do the drift control and, and policy enforcement, 
or in compliance enforcement, and then leveraging the entire vRealize stack to do the to, to actually do the locking down um, or the native endpoints to do the locking down. It leverages uh, secure state technology very deeply, cloud health technology, ensemble as a whole, and then item being the, the big driver back there. So yeah, cloud health is, or uh, guardrails is, is super exciting, especially on top of ensemble. And you'll see a lot more about that in VM, uh, VMware Explorer. Almost slipped. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we all need to uh, to still take uh, VMworld out of our uh, out of our uh, minds. But that's one session to uh, to put in our schedule. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing a, a an ensemble update, and the reason why it's not some big fancy selling description is because it really is an update of of where we are. Now, remember, ensembles for everybody. If you're a VRealize customer you're an ensemble customer. It's not something I'm going to go out and try to sell. It's not something that uh, we need any convincing. You're just going to show up and you're going to have ensemble. It is the entry to multi-cloud management. So for VMware Explore, um, I'm going to be providing a deep dive on ensemble, get get into the architecture a little bit uh, and, and just talk about the value of, of, of ensemble, but then we'll dive into the UI and then API use cases. For, for that session. So yeah, that's a breakout. We'll find out exactly what day it is soon enough, but um, I'm looking forward to that being being there live again. It's going to be nice. Nice. Well, thanks, Jed, for this interesting episode. Let's wrap this episode up, Duncan. And that's it. We've reached the end of another episode of the Unexplored Territory podcast. If I have to summarize today's episode, then my key takeaway would be that management of multi-cloud entities is at a completely different scale than anything we've ever seen before. Project Ensemble is designed for this level of complexity and scale from the ground up. Again, thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and rate the podcast wherever possible. If you have any feedback, send us a message on Twitter on at Unexplored I would like to thank my co-host and, of course, our guest of today, Jed, for a fantastic episode. Yep. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Happy to talk about this uh, anytime. Yeah.